COVID testing. It's become a necessary part of many of our lives, especially in the last month. And if you're like me, at this point, you are pretty familiar with the various at-home test kits. And you know the lingo, antigen, rapid, PCR, etc. Now, during the Omicron surge, a lot of you across the Chicago area had to get tested, sometimes multiple times. And here's what a few of you had to say about your experience. My son and I stood in line for two and a half hours to get a COVID test. I noticed a a long line. Um, I had my mother-in-law. You know, she can't brave cold and long lines. I was in line, waited for about two hours in the back alley by a dumpster. Um, No place to sit or anything. A bunch of sick people just waiting in lines. I waited. I counted. Um, I was car 61 that got in line and... That was about a two-hour wait to get to the parking lot where there were then like rows of eight to ten cars doing the test. I tested this past Monday, and I'm still waiting on results. And folks, when she says this past Monday, she's talking about January 3rd, not the 10th. That was Sarah in Andersonville, Monica in Bronzeville, Lindsay from Palos Heights, Denise from Hyde Park, and then back to Monica. Thank you all for sharing your experiences with us. Now, here to talk us through some of the issues that people have been raising, as well as the scams that are out there, is Kelly Bauer. She's a breaking news editor of Block Club Chicago. Welcome back, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So since the beginning of the pandemic, Kelly, what shifts have you seen in who operates these COVID testing sites? At the beginning of the pandemic, what we saw in Chicago and Illinois was that a lot of the testing, especially in those first few weeks, was done at state or city-run sites. Then we saw the testing shift to hospitals, doctor's offices, community or federally qualified health clinics, trusted medical sources. Now there's still testing being done at hospitals, at health clinics, things like that. But we've seen a huge explosion in these pop-ups where kind of anyone can open up their business, partner with a lab, and start offering to do COVID-19 tests for folks. So public health agencies aren't overseeing these pop-up sites, Kelly. Why not? A lot of these sites, yeah, are just largely unregulated. When I spoke to state officials, they said that what they oversee is the labs that work with the testing sites. And they think that labs don't want to get in trouble, so they won't work with testing sites that are problematic. So that's sort of how it's being regulated right now. What is it that makes some of these sites a scam? A lot of people have talked to me about their concerns. Um, You know, a lot of these sites, they're not run by people with healthcare experience, or you go in and they'll be dirty. There will be workers who aren't wearing masks, aren't wearing gloves properly. I've had people tell me that they were told to put down that they don't have insurance, even if they do, or that they were told that they had to pay for tests, which should be free, um, or that they had to take a rapid and a PCR, even if they only wanted one or the other. Mm-hmm. So that's raising a lot of red flags for Chicagoans and people all throughout the country. You know, it's funny, that happened to me too, and I didn't even think twice about it because I was so desperate. This was the week leading up to Christmas. I, I only wanted a rapid, and they were like, well, we're going to have to give you a rapid and a PCR. And I was like, okay, <laughs> because I was just happy to have, you know, after waiting two and a half hours to have finally gotten into somewhere. Yeah, and that's what I'm hearing from so many people is that they are just confused or they're desperate for a test. Nobody really knows what's happening. So they're just trusting what workers are telling them at these sites and then finding out later like, oh, that wasn't accurate or I wasn't supposed to do that. Now, this shouldn't be confused with the viral TikTok videos that uh, that show a positive test result 
from household liquids like orange juice that claim that all COVID rapid tests are a scam, right? No, no, no. That is uh, wildly different. So the pop-ups are sites that you go to and they partner with labs to process your PCR tests or they'll do rapid tests on site. Those TikTok videos are very misleading. It's another batch of misinformation people are doing. Um, Health officials have said, you know, if you take the test as intended, for the most part, you're not going to get false positives or false negatives. They're very rare. But yes, there are some household products that can show a false positive or something like that if you stick the test in. I want to bring another voice into the conversation with us. Here's uh, Steve Burness. He's a, the president of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. He and the organization have been looking into these scams. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me today. So tell us what you found. Well, as, uh, as Kelly mentioned, we're seeing explosion in complaints as well uh, from consumers, not only locally, but nationally. Uh, these pop-ups, as Kelly mentioned, are appearing all over the place. And I think consumers are under the impression these are healthcare centers. They're actually businesses, uh, some of them, run by businesses who are sometimes uh, really bit off more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're getting so many requests and the explosion of these uh, sites really, you know, put them in a position not to be able to handle it properly. And we're hearing from consumers complaining, uh, you know, anywhere from not getting the results to getting results back with different wrong birth dates on there, wrong information. And uh, it's one of them we had uh, last week. They they had to put their test kit on the ground in a box next to the trailer. So it was like an Hmm. uncleanliness, not a place that you would want to have a test, you know, the cleanliness of it. Right, of course not. it's really it's alarming the number of complaints that are coming in. Well, Steve, we got a call from Jean in North Aurora. I, I want to play you that clip. Our car was approached by someone who we found out later was not from the clinic, passing out bogus testing and asked for our driver's license and other information. In doing so, uh, one of the supervisors from the clinic happened to come along they ran and got in their car and drove away and we found out it was all bogus what are your what's your reaction to that steve it's happening where it's occurring as kelly mentioned people are giving up information freely they don't need to give it up some are being asked for their social security number some are through driver's license both the front and back and basically what they want to do is steal your identity if the scammer wants to take care of it, it's it's a matter. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when your identity be stolen. But unfortunately, these scammers are trying to you know make it think that they'll work for these centers and that they need this information when actually they do not need mm-hmm. your social security number and other pertinent information. And what is it that you found with with robocalls, Steve? Well, robocalls are they're increasing uh, in in all facets and all areas. And what it is, it, what robocalls is everything on that do not call list. Well, it doesn't matter, um, you know, because these are scammers who are trying to, to uh, uh, you know, make these calls and try to uh, separate you from your money. So there's all these types of calls, especially with COVID. And, you know, there's extra funding for it. There's, you know, we can get you a grant. We can get you a test kit. There's, you know, people saying they have these test kits. You don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. Masks. You know, the CDC says there's so many of these that are fake masks that you're buying online. So it's best to check out that company and actually the product itself and make sure it's, a, it's a verifiable. Any plans to work on accreditation for these pop-up COVID testing sites? Well, uh, several of them have approached the Better Business Bureau for accreditation. We have denied it at this point, uh, looking into it, because these are businesses that have 
concerns and we would not allow them into accreditation to BBB. But regardless of accreditation, we want consumers to report these scams to our scam tracker, but also to come forward and check on these businesses ahead of time because a lot of these uh, pop-up centers already have established records and they do have uh, F ratings with us and consumers don't realize it until they do all the research at the end. And, and they should have done it before, unfortunately, and they fall victim to these uh, scammers. So give us some recommendations, Steve, for, for listeners about avoiding these scams. The most important thing to remember is go to the Illinois Department of Public Health's website directly. Go to their website. They have a list of centers that they basically are endorsing or recommending or deal with your health care provider or your doctor directly. Other than that, just because you see a gas station in, or 7-Eleven or whatever it may be, it's Papa Center doesn't make them a health care and a good business. You have to do the research on them. That was Steve Burness, president of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. Thanks so much for taking the time, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you. Kelly Bauer, breaking news editor of Block Club Chicago, is still with us. Kelly, both you and Steve talked about some of the conditions that Chicagoans have been reporting. Uh, What would you say are some of the more outrageous experiences that you've heard from folks? Um, Even something that I experienced when I stopped by a pop-up this weekend, I went in and there was a worker who was coughing, red-faced, struggling to breathe, and she had her mask down as she was speaking with people who were coming in to be tested there. Um, down oh. below her nose and her mouth. And did so anyone say anything to her? Uh, no, nobody said anything to her. Wow. We uh, we asked listeners to share their stories with us, of course, and, and one of the things that we heard over and over was uh, those long lines, right? Folks waited in line for hours, and then they didn't receive their test results, the PCR test results. Um, I, as I, I mentioned, I received my test results from that experience where I waited two and a half hours, but what have you heard about why people aren't getting their results back? So we've heard from a lot of folks who said that it's been days, um, weeks even for some folks, and they haven't gotten results. And then, of course, there have been people who say they still haven't gotten results at all for tests they took almost a month ago now. Um, when I've talked to them, they've said that they've tried to get a hold of these various pop-up companies and sometimes they wait on the phone for hours in these customer service lines only to then have it click shut off on them. Mm. Um, in other cases, they said that they have gotten a hold of someone and that the workers have just told them, like, I don't know what's up with your results. I even have someone who said that they did get a hold of someone and almost immediately they were sent their results, which made them feel a little nervous about it. Like, how was it suddenly available then? <laughs> <laughs> right. That is true. Uh, so what can you tell us uh, about what led to the bottleneck in, in test availability that we've seen over the past month? Was it supply chain issues or not enough staff? One of those perfect storm-type moments. So we saw the city, the state sort of scale back their own testing operations over the summer, especially after cases dropped with vaccines and all of that. Um, and then after Thanksgiving, we saw just the beginnings of a surge in Chicago, and it really took off when Omicron hit in the beginning of December. So we saw that there was reduced capacity for testing, but a huge, huge, huge demand for it. And nationally, that's what we've seen all over is there is a testing shortage. That's why the White House has said that it wants to send, you know, testing materials to people's homes, to schools, all of that. Um, But it's not a situation that's unique to Chicago. It's something that has been in the buildup all over the country. Uh, Tell us more about the response from uh, the governor and the uh, attorney general. 
Yes, so Governor J.D. Pritzker has said that, has said that um, the state is sending testing resources to various schools, including to Chicago public schools, and the state health department has increased the hours that its state-run facilities are up. Um, locally, the city is opening up some testing sites, including at the federal courthouse downtown, where people can go get um, saliva tests, which mm-hmm. have a, a pretty quick turnaround. Um, and then nationally, the Biden administration has promised to provide testing supplies, like 5 million rapid tests to schools um, as long as states apply for them. So one crucial recommendation in your piece, Kelly, was uh, to find out what laboratory the site is using. At what point of getting tested should we ask that question? I think that people who are stopping by these pop-ups should ask as many questions as they can as soon as they can. So a lot of the pop-ups are advertising that they're doing PCR and rapids or this and that. Some things are free, some things aren't. So just ask questions as soon as you walk in. Say, are you doing PCRs and rapids? Can I get them? What lab are you working with? And when they tell you the lab, pull open your phone and you can go search on the CDC website. Is this an accredited lab? Is this a real lab? If they don't have answers for you, then officials have said that should be a red flag for you and you should probably consider leaving and going somewhere else. And other questions folks should ask? I know you were recommending things like uh, asking about out-of-pocket fees, for instance. Yes. Um, so you should ask about out-of-pocket fees. You should make sure that, you know, they're taking your insurance, since we've heard of some sites saying, telling people, put down that you don't have insurance, even if you have it. Um, I know that Steve had recommended that if they are asking for information you're not comfortable giving, like a copy of your ID, um, that you should ask, like, is it possible for me to do the test without that? Mm-hmm. So things like that. Anything that is making you feel nervous, you should ask about. So there is some personal information that's just a little too much to hand over in yes, this case. definitely. What else are you going to be keeping an eye on here, Kelly? <laughs> As always, keeping an eye on all things COVID, you know, looking at the pop-ups, looking at how vaccinations are going, um, an interesting trend that we are very much just in the early stages of seeing is it could be that Chicago and Illinois are beginning to plateau with their COVID-19 cases. Um, So we're looking to see if that's going to last and if we could start coming down from the surge, which would be very exciting. Well, that's Kelly Bauer, breaking news editor at Block Club Chicago. Thanks, Kelly. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.